JP rightly said that the, the church family has been through a lot in the last several months. And you guys are along that. And uh, just thankful that JP encouraged us and want to continue to encourage you that this is a... Uh, what? Hard times we hope are, are in the past. It would be naive to think that they're in the past for good. But... Um, sort of even ironic about the, the passages we get to look at this morning and the, the new series that we're starting. So it would be naive to think that uh, we can all just forget about what we were just talking on. So instead of that, let's use that <clears throat> as an opportunity to build on what God has to say to us this morning and uh, transition uh, to what God has to say. And again, in His planning it's probably really wise that that he's lined these these things up to be uh the same timing as i said oddly enough we start a new series series is on integrity and integrity is a a tough subject that is going to touch every single one of our lives so today uh we want to introduce the series and then we'll transition to our time of of worship but again, it's just uh, so unbelievable, uh, the timing and all. So I want to start by saying that even though you guys as a part of this family have gone through hard things, all of us have gone through hard things, we really, really, really believe that God has some amazing things ahead. So many things have happened, so many things have pointed to the fact that God is wanting to use this body, this church family for accomplishing huge things. Huge things in my life, huge things in your life, huge things in our community. And it's just really, really exciting. If you remember, we had a really cool time of, of praise and worship one Saturday night, what was it, a month, two months ago? And if you remember, on behalf of the elders and leadership team, we said this is probably the most exciting time to be part of this church family. I believe that more now than I did back then. And each of, the, each of us believes that who've been talking about that. So we are poised for some really, really, really great times. And it's, it's truly exciting. Aaron Harlow harasses me when I say exciting and I'm not really excited. But I really am excited this time about what we have ahead of us. And this series is really what we believe God wants to set another or reset or reestablish or... or confirm the foundation that he would have for us as the Lord continues to build this church and build what this church is able to do in the community. Integrity is huge. It's key. It is so important. Uh, And we're going to study probably over the next 10-ish weeks uh, this subject. We're going to use a few different uh, passages, a few different ways of going about this. We're going to look at Psalm 15 very, very closely. And two weeks from now, next week, we're honoring mothers with a special Sunday and a special uh, message and those kind of things. Two weeks from today, we're going to dig into Psalm 15 and we're going to go verse by verse and seek to understand together what God has to say on the subject of integrity. He says a lot. After that, we're going to use Psalm 15 as sort of a template and we're going to go through other parts of Scriptures and look for examples that God has decided that uh, should be recorded in His Word. 
And we're going to look at those examples to see from their life how did they demonstrate integrity. And sadly, we'll also look at other lives in scriptures that were pathetic at demonstrating integrity. And we're going to learn from both of those. Now, we need to say at the front that, uh, that this time together is not going to be all fun and games. There are going to be things that we learn from, from God's Word that are going to show me that I need to change. And they're going to show you that you need to change. And change is never comfortable. But if God Himself is working on our hearts and working in our lives, then we need to be ready to respond to Him in obedience. And we need to be ready to change. I'll give you some examples this morning of, of where the Lord's convicted me in uh, things that need to improve in the area of integrity. And then as we go forward, be ready for God to speak to you and say, you know what? You need to adjust this. You need to, to change in this area. You need to learn a new lesson here. And we've got to be, what's the word say? Uh, quick to hear, uh, slow to speak. Other passages say quick to action. We've got to be quick to obey God and to make changes. And if that happens, man, watch out. The blessing that God wants and is ready to, to pour out on us uh, is going to be great. And we'll talk about what that blessing looks like. It may be different than what we expect. But Let's start by uh, moving ahead slightly and looking at... Uh, a definition of integrity. And this is from Wikipedia. I'm learning how to use that. But this is a, a definition, two different de definitions of integrity. And I thought both of them, it was interesting how closely both of them fit what God has to say in His Word about integrity. Look at the first one. Integrity is designed as consistency of actions, values, methods, measures, principles, expectations, and outcome. The key there is consistency. Consistency. If you are a person of integrity, your life is consistent. I thought to the, the, uh, the second part we'll get to in a minute, but there was another line in there that, that specifically spoke to hypocrisy. And this secular definition actually contrasted integrity meaning consistency, with hypocrisy. And the scary thing about it is that when someone outside the church looks in at the church, what do they see, sadly, many, many, many times? They see hypocrisy. Too many times as people have looked at the church, those who claim to follow Christ, and they've characterized They've characterized or at least focused on the hypocrisy. Now, why is that? Well, there's a few options. Many would say it's because this is all a hoax. This has no validity. It's just a, uh, uh, what did one say? A weak-minded a weak uh, therapy or an approach at, at uh, needing a crutch. Scripture says completely differently. Scripture says that, that this is life and the truth of life, and the secret of life, and the purpose of life is all laid out. So how is it possible that when so many people look at the church, they characterize it not with integrity, but with hypocrisy? Well, there's two sides of it. One, 
because there's a lot of people looking to discredit what's happening. And I heard a great, uh, a great line, I won't be able to quote it perfectly, but the hypocrisy is not because of Christ and God and what He's laid out. The hypocrisy has come on the individual level. I'm part of that problem. Maybe you're part of that problem where my life hasn't matched up to what I say I believe about Christ. So much so that too many people look in from and say, bunch of hypocrites. Why would I want to be a part of that? And again, you can turn on any kind of... of uh, talk radio dealing with Christian matters and you can hear, well, you know, people are just itching to find something wrong so they're going to look for the minute little crack in the armor and they're going to just focus on that. Maybe that's true. But instead of making excuses, I guess the challenge that we have from the Word of God is let's stop the hypocrisy. Let's turn from the double standards that I live far too often and you live far too often and let's turn to consistency of actions, values, methods, measures, principles, expectations, and outcome. Let's purpose to be people not of double standards, not of uh, casual kind of lukewarm living, but let's follow Christ with true integrity. And let's follow Christ with passion and focus and consistency. If this is the case, those great things that we talked about God promising, then I really believe, we really believe, that He's going to choose to carry those out. It's interesting. God doesn't need us, does He? He is ultra-powerful. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He can do anything He wants, but for some reason He chooses to use you and He chooses to use me. And even though He is all-powerful, because He's choosing to use you and I, He allows us to kind of get in the way at times. Some reason, He allows my shortcomings to slow down the incredible things that He wants to do. Now, will his ultimate, ultimately, will His will be carried out? Absolutely. But our integrity, because God allows it, not because He has to, but because God allows it, our integrity is a factor in how much God will accomplish in your life, how much He'll accomplish in your family's life, how much He'll accomplish in this church family's life, how much He'll accomplish in our community, how much He'll accomplish in the world. This is serious, serious stuff. And it's time for us to focus and refine what God has to say about a consistent life. Um, let's look at... Let's look at a word from Psalm 15. And again, I'm not going to get into the real verse by verse, but I want to I illustrate that the, the secular definition of, of integrity is not far from what God has to say about integrity. Look at Psalm 15, verses 1 and 2. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous who speaks the truth from his heart. The word blameless, does anyone else have a different word in their translation? What's yours? Integrity. 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 This concept of blamelessness, we've studied this before. Where have we studied the concept of blamelessness before? Anyone? 
Pop? Qualifications for leadership. Yeah. Church leadership is laid out and said that you need to be blameless. And we've studied this term and what have we learned about the concept of blamelessness? Does it mean absolute perfection? Thankfully, no, or we would have zero church leaders, right? What does it mean, though? What does the concept of blamelessness mean? Above reproach. So that your level of consistency is so integral, is so ongoing. Hypocrisy is such a small part of your life that if someone classifies you, they classify you as a person of integrity without debate, without question. This is serious stuff. But God says that a truly pleasing person to Him is a man or a woman who's blameless. Who, If you take a look at my life and I take a look at your life, when I evaluate it, there's no question in my mind that, yeah, you're going to slip up here or there. You're going to slip up there. We understand that you're weak. I'm weak. But if there's an overall classification, it is consistent. It is true to your word. This man, this woman believes what he says, she says they believe. They live it. They live out what they say. Their words match their action. And so this concept of consistency is, is uh, whether they looked at it or not, but it's straight from the Word of God. And over the next several weeks as we talk about integrity, we're talking about consistency. We're talking about blamelessness. We're talking about uprightness. Not having uh, ability to cast stones because the life is so clearly consistent that you just you can't argue with it. A sterling reputation. Okay? Let's take a minute to look at this, this second definition. Integrity may be seen as the quality of having a sense of honesty and truthfulness in regard to the motivations for one's actions. A few key words there that, will ju- that just hit me hard. Honesty. Truthfulness. How honest and truthful is our culture? How honest and truthful are we? Uh, Ethan and I were literally laughing out loud. L-O-L, I think is the term. But we were laughing because of a little phrase that we've been catching each other say all week. Fill in the blank. Well, to be with you. What? To be honest with you. What does that mean? That means I'm usually lying to you. And for a change, I'm going to be truthful. Why is that? Because we are so full of half-truths and uh, white lies and exaggerations. We have, we've lost as a culture truthfulness. Scripture talks about uh, letting your yes mean yes and your no mean no. We are so far from that, it's crazy. But when God talks about integrity, look at that verse 2 of Psalm 15, who speaks the truth from his heart. And the funny thing for Ethan and I was we talked about this Wednesday. By 3 p.m. on Thursday, he had said it twice and I had said it once. Now that means I'm, you know, 
double good as he is. No, but... And since then, we probably four other times because it has been so ingrained in us to be veiled with the truth or to exaggerate or to be half-hearted with the truth. That has to change. That has to change. And God's view of integrity is so far from that. It's so on the other side. So truthfulness, honesty are going to be huge as we go forward on this study. Motivations are also going to be huge in regard to the motivations for one's actions. This is so key. And again, this is the world's definition, but you know what? It's not far off. Take a look at Romans. Romans chapter 14, verses 19 through 23. This is such an important point. So if, if you're needing a couple winks of rest, don't take them right now. Because this is so huge to integrity. Romans 14, verse 19 through the end is talking about, I mean, a classic case that in the early church they argued about, they discussed. The question was, is what are you supposed to eat and what are you supposed to not eat? And we don't really understand the argument, but for them, this was huge. And we have our own little pious debates, don't we? We have our own pious little arguments where we're, we're mincing words and we're getting ultra-technical. But this dispute that they had about what you eat reveals a huge concept of the Christian life. Verse 19 let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, which means building up. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Allow me to interpret that. The motive that you have, whether your intention in whatever you do is to please God or not, determines whether we're dealing with integrity. Your actions are second tier, cheap seats to the motives and intents of your heart. The example here is eating. It seems so crazy. But the book of Corinthians says whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do it to glorify God. That's a motive. That's an intention. When we're studying integrity, the deepest level is my motives. Why I do something. Even more than what I do. This is tough. It's tough on a few levels. Because one, I have gotten very, very, very good in my heart, in my mind, at kind of justifying or rationalizing what I do, what I say. And sometimes I can even 
I don't know, it seems like even con myself about what my true motive is or about what my true intents are. So definitely, if we're talking about challenging each other, motive is just an incredibly off-the-radar intangible that is so hard to, to tell. Now, we don't think this, do we? Christy and I had a little uh, argument yesterday and it took about five seconds for me to question her motive and shoot back, you said this because you were feeling this or thinking this. We're quick to judge each other's motives, but do we really know? Such a private issue. And uh, this is going to be going forward as we look at these characters. I'll throw a little, tip the hand a little. When we look at King Saul, for instance, well, the first king of, of Israel and all, he, he had conned himself to a point. And, and the prophet Samuel will actually challenge him on his motives. So this motivation for one's action is going to be huge. Why do I tell you this now? Because we've got to be searching our hearts. We've got to be laying it before God and saying, God, show us how to feel, how to think. Show us our own motivations and allow us to change those motivations so that everything we do will be done to honor you, God. Because if our motivations are to honor God, how are we going to treat each other? Well, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. If we have our motivations centered on God, the rest of this is going to take care of itself. So motivation is going to be huge as we study integrity. And again, these were sharp concepts to me because I know that I can go through the motions with the best of them. And I know I can smile and greet you warmly and it's possible that my heart can actually be not in it. Far from that. We've got to stop that. If we're going to be men and women of integrity, motivation is going to be huge. And we need to challenge each other to search our own hearts. I can't search your heart for you. I can sure ask you how things are going on it. I can say, you know, Ethan, it, I just want to ask you, I don't know your heart, but it seemed like this. And give him an opportunity to search his heart. And you can give me opportunities to search my heart. And we need each other for that. So these definitions, they come from Wikipedia. I don't know who put them together, but man, they really hit close to home and they really hit on the mark of what we want to study going forward. A couple other uh, brief illustrations of the concept of integrity. Anyone, any math whizzes be able to define an integer for us? A number. A number. What type of number? What's that? A whole number. Zero, one, two, three. Negative one, negative two, negative three. Is 1.62 an integer? No. no. Is one and a half an integer? No. no. <laughs> Thank you. Because an integer is a whole number. It's complete. It's consistent. It doesn't have a fringe here and a fringe here. It is straightforward and on the mark. Integrity from the same kind of concept. We're talking about being on the mark. We're talking about being consistent. We're talking about being whole. We're not talking about being halfway between one and two. We are one or we are two, right? 
whole. Take a look at Revelation 3 if you could. As we kind of get close to wrapping up here. Revelation chapter 3 is one of the most graphic illustrations of how God feels about integrity. Verse 16. And let me back up to 15. God, Jesus Christ Himself, is speaking to a church, a church family in the city of Laodicea. And He says to them, because He can read minds, Christ can, He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And it goes on and he explains why they're lukewarm. Why they're in between. Why they're not an integer, either hot or cold. But they're in between. That's the concept of integrity. And how does Christ feel about His church in their integrity? Without it, He wants to vomit. Without integrity, Christ is sick to His stomach. He wants to spit. He wants to vomit. Integrity is so close to the heart of Christ, it has to be central in our heart. And the pursuit of holiness, the pursuit of integrity, has to really become a major, major focus for us. We're heading into some unbelievable opportunities this summer. Even the weather itself allows us to bond as a church family and to reach out to the community as a church family and show love. In many ways that the, just the coldness of the winter and all don't allow. If we move forward with integrity, I think we'll look back at these times as incredible blessing. If we continue or if we don't move forward with integrity, with hypocrisy, then we'll be constantly tripped up, mired, spending our time with all of this garbage that God just is so sick of He wants to spit out of His mouth. Let's be men and women that as a team we move forward in integrity. Let's be willing to change. Let's be willing to adjust. And let's view these next several weeks as an opportunity for serious growth. Help me, Sam, if you could. Move ahead a slide or two as I wrap up. Again, we're going to look at Psalm 15. We're going to look at characters of the Bible. But I want to present to you a challenge. That third line down, Psalm 15, characters of the Bible. Study, prayer, and memorization. I want to challenge the church family, and this is on behalf of, of the elders. We've talked about this, so we pass this on. We would challenge you to spend a good solid 30 minutes a day in study, prayer, and memorization. No one's going to be checking up on you. You can ask each other how it's going. But one start, one simple starting point that we think that would, would really start to tune our hearts is if we even spent 10 minutes in focused time in the Word, and we spent 10 minutes talking to God in prayer, focused talking to God in prayer. And we took 10 minutes uh, to try and memorize a part of a verse for that day or an entire verse for that day. 
But if we could do this, we really believe that, that individually God is going to be tuning our hearts. He's going to be preparing us. He's going to be uh, plowing the field and preparing uh, for growth. So again, no one's going to be checking up on you on that. Again, you can ask each other. You can certainly ask me because this is something that I want to commit to. But God says in His Word that spending time with Him changes the way we think. Be transformed, uh, Romans 12 says, by the renewing of your mind. And the way we do that is by spending time in the Word and talking with Him and memorizing His Word. And there's a fun little summer challenge for you. Starting Monday, starting tomorrow, make it a point. It doesn't matter when it is. There's no spiritual time of the day to, to spend time with God. But map out 30 minutes. For me, it's going to be tough. I've got a lot of good shows I need to watch when I get home from work. might have to push that back a little and spend the first 30 on this kind of thing. But let's do that together. And let's prepare our hearts. And God is going to bless in amazing ways. And again, we'll follow this up. We've got to discuss things outside of this room. We've got to be consistent about bringing this in front of each other. And God has awesome things in store, I'm convinced. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You are so clear about what You want. We're thankful that, that You have revealed to us that You want consistent people. Not just in action, Lord. Not just in word, but in motive and intention. Father, You know that there, You're going to have to change me in uh, many little areas. And... Uh, it won't be fun, but I welcome that, Lord. And we as a church family need to welcome that change. So use your, your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts and to, to show us where we can improve. Thank you so much that you did all the, the legwork on this, that you sent your own Son to die on the cross and to pay for our sins. Without that, Lord, we'd be lost in our sins. But thank you that, that you t made that move so that instead of being lost and slaves to sin, Lord, that we've been forgiven. That any of us that have received Christ as our Savior, bought into what He's done for us, have true life in You. And we can move forward in integrity, Lord. We have that uh, blessing that we can grow in integrity. So take us now, use us, and challenge us. We look forward to what You'll accomplish. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can I come up and get ready? Let me